glory. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. It is your season. Your season is here. It is your season to shine. The glory of God is not only here on earth. The glory of God is not only upon you. The glory of God is not only in you. You are the glory of God here on earth. Shine forth. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo, glory. Shine forth. Shine forth in the kingdom of your Father. Shine forth in the kingdom of your Father. Shine forth his glory. Shine forth his life. Woo, hallelujah. Glory. Woo, I'm excited right now. I don't know about you, but the glory of God is here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Look at that. This series focus on immortality. What does immortality really mean? Immortality. First, I want to start by letting us know what immortality is. Immortality is God, the sovereignty, the, the supernatural essence of God in a man. God expressing his very nature in a man. That is what immortality is. Again, I want to point out that immortality is not something that will occur in the future. It has already occurred. If you have given your life to Christ and you have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you, I want you to know that you are an immortal being. Yes, you are an immortal being. Now, I believe the reason why the Spirit of God is putting this topic in my heart to discuss right now is to help us come out of the mindset of religion. Religion tends to postpone what God has already done puts it in a future that never really comes okay that's what religion does your kingdom rights what you already have right now religion kinds of shifts it forward into a future that is not certain a future that might never come in the lifetime of the person that hopes for it in fact it doesn't really come in the future of that person if you search through the bible very well you will discover that everything that the lord has promised us has already been given to us if you read through the Bible very well, look at all the promises of God. 
they are all written in past tense. You see words like I have, he at given to us. The tenses are always in past tense, telling us that it is already here. But the thing is, you need knowledge. You need knowledge to be able to get into what has already been provided for you. Okay? The grace of God is already sufficient. That was, the, you know, the reply of Jesus to Paul when he was asking that God takes away the tongue from his flesh and, and, you know, and all that. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. He was not just releasing the grace. The grace is already sufficient. Amen. So the same thing with immortality here. Immortality is one of the promises of God to us. The promises of God to us, one of it is immortality. And immortality actually came upon us the moment we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And he came into us to dwell in us. First, let me quickly um, let me quickly explain on the fact that the Holy Spirit is not in any way different from Jesus. First, the Holy Spirit describes his attitude. Two words, only spirit. Holy means he's pure. Spirit means he's not visible. Okay? So those are his attributes. His name is Jesus. Jesus said, I will send another comforter. Amen. John chapter 14 verse 16. He says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he might abide with you forever. We all know that the comforter he was talking about is the Holy Spirit. Now, the word of emphasis there, I want us to take note of this. It says, And he shall give you another comforter. The word another tells us that there is a comforter. This is a second one, another Okay, so doesn't emphasize the fact that Jesus is there from the Holy Spirit, but he's saying in this state I'm in, I am a comforter to you. But right now I'm in the flesh and I'm bound by the flesh. I can only be in one place at a time. So, but this time around, I will pray the Father, I will send you another comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. Okay, now reading further, um, verse 26 of John chapter 14 says, But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Verse chapter 15, verse 26 of that same John says, But when the Comforter has come, who I will send unto you from the Father. Did you see that now? If you look at the way the tenses were, were put, the first one tries to say as if, Oh, is the Father sending it? I will talk to him. So he will send like it's different from me. Now, this one is bringing it closer. I said, And when the Comforter has come, I will, I will send unto you. From the father even the spirit of truth which proceeded from the father he shall testify of me jesus is the truth now this is saying is the spirit of truth so it's still the spirit of the person of jesus speaking now john chapter 16 verse 7 says nevertheless i tell you the truth it is expedient for you that i go away for if i go not away the comforter will not come unto you but if i depart i, I will send him unto you so i'm just trying to establish here the fact that you know, the Holy Spirit and Jesus, they are the same. So, once the Holy Spirit entered into a man or enters into a man, the man receives the very essence of the life of God in him. And that is what immortality is. Um, you know, our definition of immortality speaks to talk about someone who is, um, is not bound by the laws of nature. Yes. The Bible agrees with that. Someone who can never be sick. Yes, the Bible agrees with that. Someone who can never be hungry. Yes, the Bible agrees with that. You know, someone who, in, in short, immortality is someone who can never die. You know, 
Okay, now first, I want you to know that knowledge is the key that actualizes whatever promises you've received in the kingdom. The knowledge of God is what brings it to play. So, this teaching on immortality is aimed at getting you out of the mindset of religion because you have thus far been hindered, thus far been held bound by the knowledge of religion. Now, the more you know, the more you can do. So, let's quickly go through together some of the exploits that God has used men for that we read about in the Bible. And let's see issues here. Let's raise issues here and look at them critically and ask ourselves, why is it that we can't do the same thing they did in those days and yet we claim we have the same Holy Spirit like they do? So this is a question that every serious Christian should ask his or herself. This is a serious question every Christian should ask his or herself. Um, first, while Jesus was here, Jesus had a body that could be killed. Let me start from Jesus. He had a body that could be killed. A body that could bleed. A body that felt hungry. A body that could be tired to the point that he slept. Okay? So, we know that Jesus had the same body we had. Okay? Now, the fullness of God was in him. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Do you see that? Now, so, we understand that. Now, Jesus was the fullness of God. The whole knowledge, anything anyone can know from the word of God, any knowledge, experiential knowledge you could have, Jesus had it in full. So, Jesus is now the perfect example of what we are trying to grow into. Now, while Jesus still had this same kind of body we had, let's not forget that he transfigured. What does it mean to transfigure? His face physically began to shine like the sun. Please don't let us forget that. Jesus still carried this kind of body we carried. The difference is that in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now, let me submit here. The percentage of the experiential knowledge of God that you have determines the percentage of manifestation of immortality you are going to have. It's that simple. And that is why, as children of God, we should step out of religion. Step out of, oh, this is my bound. This is what the limits to which I can do. Step out of the chains, out of the limits that we've put ourselves in. And begin to look into the newness of life. Begin to look into the supernatural. Begin to look at it. The more we look at it, the more we become. You know, I told someone, I said, I, for one, am beginning to choose the kind of messages I listen to. A religious person will say, I'm, I'm developing an itch in here. I don't care. Seriously, I don't. Because the word of God is supposed to be good news. Okay? It's not supposed to be the old thing, the catalog messages that um, someone pulls up and keeps repeating and keeps repeating. You know, a youth was telling me the other day, he said, I'm so, I don't know, I need something fresh. I'm so used to listening to messages that if you tell me the title, I already know where you are going. Although I want the person immediately, I said, please don't always shut out that way. Listen, there will still be something new from that old that the Holy Spirit of God will speak to you about. But then, I'm talking about the fact that I need to listen to messages that will build my faith. That will build my faith. Messages that are ever fresh. Messages that tells me what I should become. Not messages that tells me what I already know. Messages that tell me who I am. 
okay i don't need a message a message that tells me who i am okay i need a message that tells me what i can be so that i know i have another level to move into okay so the more of god you know the more you can manifest the characteristics the very nature of immortality now jesus had a physical body but his face shone like the sun and he did not ask for permission to transfigure neither did he ask for permission to untransfigure if that's the word okay now this same jesus walked on water he walked on water okay now peter let's say okay jesus is the only lord peter there was only one thing that peter had to do one he had to believe that this person that asked him to come is jesus that was all believe now he stepped out of the boat and immediately peter started walking on water wonderful now peter did not have the fullness of the godhead in him as at when he walked on water okay Peter had the same flesh we have. Had the same flesh that we have. Now, Peter walked on water because Jesus said, come. Now, I've established while starting this teaching that there's no difference between Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I've established that. Now, Jesus in the flesh that as at then we can only be beside him. He cannot be in us as at then. Asked Peter, or enabled Peter to walk on water. Now, is it this Jesus that has now come as the Holy Spirit and dwells in us that is now weak and cannot make us do the same? Is the Jesus in the flesh stronger than the Jesus as the Holy Spirit now? The answer is definitely no. So why is it that we have the Holy Spirit and we cannot do these things? Simple. How much of God have we experienced? In fact, how much of God have we opened up to in the first place? Let alone experience. Hallelujah. Okay. Now, moving on. Let's talk about someone like Philip. Philip. Philip finished preaching to a man. And before you know what's happening, he disappeared. Hallelujah. Philip appeared at Azotus. Okay. He was coming from Jerusalem. That's chapter 8. I think from verse 25. You know, he said, And they, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samarians. And the angel of the Lord spoke unto Philip, that is verse 26 now, saying, Arise and go towards the south way, south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza. Oh, good. So it's from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is a desert. When he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, the Enoch of great authority, under Candace, queen of Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. So, it was actually from Jerusalem that Philip started, you know, speaking to this person in his chariot on their way to Gaza. Now, the Bible now makes us to understand when we got to verse, um, verse 40. Let's start from verse 39. It said, And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the Enoch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, passing through. He preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Hallelujah. Jerusalem, all of a sudden to Azotus. Probably you should go on Google and, and try and Google which town is called Azotus if the name has changed now. Now, calculate the distance between Jerusalem and Azotus. This guy disappeared. Tra awesome. No, I, this, is, this, is, this is beyond the natural. He had that same Holy Spirit we have in us and he disappeared the bible categorically said that the enoch saw him no more and after he didn't see him 
he started of course thinking it must have been an angel started you know rejoicing going his way <laughs> hallelujah i'm just trying to point out the extraordinary things that the same holy spirit we're having us today did through people religion is 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 a wicked thing honestly religion is is, is slavery it's a slave trade it's slavery religion allows you to have the power of god living in you but binds it inside of inside of you ties it up in such a way that you cannot make use of it the knowledge of god is the key that opens up up to the immortality that is already in us have i even said anything about stephen stephen was speaking before the council and the bible recorded that his face was shining like that of an angel does that not look like transfiguration you know the the more i read through this stuff the more i begin to wonder god what has religion oh my god what has religion done to me what has religion done to the body of christ we say something with our mouth but actually believe something else with our hearts there is something that's going to happen in the future so it's not now it will happen in the future i mean god is still doing the same thing today in this our world god is doing things i want you to know that the first step towards that level is your exposure to this knowledge now religion will try its best to tell you knock out this message that guy does not know what he's saying he's not experienced you know I've had people say it to my face. In fact, I've had people call me several names. Some people call me Pretist, uh, a Pretist. Some people say I'm a Calvinist. Some others say I'm a Universalist. There's no name I've not been called. But I don't care. The truth is, I've seen this in the Word of God. I've seen it work. Okay? I believe it can work. Again, both in your life and also further in my own life. So I'm telling you that it is possible. If you open your mind to this knowledge and begin to speak to God and begin to ask God, God will begin to give you revelations. God will begin to give you experiences. And before you know what's happening, you start transferring the same knowledge to people and the same power to people. You know? I, I heard about Azusa Street Revival. I mean, extraordinary interventions of God through human beings like us. I mean, limbs of people that were caught grew out. Bones, flesh, physically growing out. I didn't say it was withered. It was cut off. Somehow, either by an accident or something, grew out physically. Growths disappearing. Holes in the tummy from bullets, you know, gunshots, sealing up instantly. People that are big and obese, falling down under the anointing and standing up normal. <laughs> These are things that challenge the religious setting. And the re- religion is so terrible that if God raises somebody up today that begins to do these things, we start criticizing, lambasting, pulling down, tell, explaining him, telling him he's, he's a servant of the devil, he's a demonic person. You know, Jesus suffered the same thing. Jesus suffered the very same thing. Luke chapter 2 verse 34 went ahead to tell us that and simon blessed the 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 the, the child and said this baby has been raised up for the rising and falling of many in israel and for a sign that shall be spoken against okay they accused jesus he said he casts out demon with the spirit of demon you know that statement is in itself negates itself because jesus now answered them and said if a demon casts out demon then the kingdom of god is come because a kingdom that rises against itself shall not stand so if you say I'm using the spirit of demon or the prince of demons to cast out demons. What you are saying in essence is I'm still pulling down the kingdom of the devil. And so whose kingdom am I bringing up then? 
if I'm using the kingdom of the devil to pull out the kingdom of the devil, it means I'm actually building the kingdom of God. <laughs> so you see that. So the, the, the truth here is, our mindset needs to start to change. Needs to start to change. You know, at this point, I'm pressed to, you know, to release this at this point because nights now, I've been losing my sleep and the Holy Spirit telling me over and over, say it, say it. He comes and gives me another revelation just in case if I'm not sure. <laughs> Go and tell these people that this is what I want to do. And either you know it or not, the Holy Spirit is now ready to repeat supernatural events, supernatural occurrences amidst us. I believe.